that this is how you know that you have made connection to Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passing away. The new has come. And salvation is not me joining something, not me saying something, not me affirming something. It's me becoming the dwelling place of the infinite God of the universe who transforms me by his spirit. I become and you become the very dwelling place of God. And that changes us. That transforms us. And that's what happened at Pentecost. And did you know us sitting here this morning, every born-again believer sitting here this morning, all of us collectively are a continuation of what began on the day of Pentecost. God moved in, broke down all the racial barriers and all the hatred and all the, the, the kind of pompous, you know, you don't belong in my part of the airplane lifestyles of the first century church and made the people one. And that's what he continues to do. That, that's what's so amazing about being in Christ. And so, as I'm sitting at uh, uh, the table... I remind them, think about what happened on Pentecost. God's spirit was washing clean sin-stained hearts. The people at Pentecost, now who was at the day of Pentecost? They were all religious people. Uh, Everybody at Pentecost had come to the feast in Jerusalem. The majority of them traveled at great expense. They came three times a year. These were huge events. They were very religious. They were very sacrificial, and they were devoted to their religion. The only thing is, They had sin-stained hearts. And no amount of religion can take care of that. You can push it away and try and not think about it. You can ignore it and try and hope that your good outweighs the bad. But only God's Spirit can wash clean sin-stained hearts. That's what he did at Pentecost. That's why there was this Everybody on the day of Pentecost that entered the church had the same experience. There, they were joyfully talking to each other and saying, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. All my sins, Jesus Christ, the one that died on the cross, is the one that... And that all was prompted by the Spirit of God entering them and empowering them to know that God had washed them clean. The washing of regeneration, you know, Titus 3, 5. God's Spirit... Breathe life into sin-darkened souls. Did you know that everybody that you live next to, that you work next to, that you go to school with, and that you're related to that's not a believer has a sin-darkened soul? That's why all day long you can say, that is not tissue. That is a living, abortion is killing a conceived by God human being. And they go, no, 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 it's tissue, it's tissue. Don't get, don't politicize this. See, they don't understand that God said life begins at conception. They don't understand that. Why? They have a sin-darkened soul. The light of truth doesn't penetrate very far. And so that's why we have to be so careful. We cannot force those people to live righteously. We can only expose them to the truth and ask God's spirit to breathe life into them. See, that's what's very dangerous 
about Christian political activism. We're trying to impose God's standards on people that have totally sin-darkened souls that will only follow those standards as long as you constrain them to. As soon as they're loose, they go back to their lostness. And so all of the movements, I mean, I lived through the 70s and the 80s, you know, the moral majority and everything, and, and it was like, a dike was built, and as long as the believers could plug all the holes and, and spend all their time doing that, they kind of kept the dike up. But it was hopeless because you can't hold back sin-darkened souls with, with moral rules. You can only see God's Spirit breathe life into them, and all of a sudden their sin-darkened souls come to life, and they go, whoa. That's wrong. Everybody is born with an empty, hopeless life, and they fill it with something. Alcohol, sex, money. Western Michigan, there are a lot of empty, helpless souls that are filling that ache, earning money. They still have the first dime they made and everyone in between, and that's what keeps them going. And if they didn't have the money, they would be empty and hopeless again. And that's what God's Spirit can fill and, and make us not empty and hopeless. Even if, you know what your true wealth is? If you lost everything, it's what you still had left. What cannot be taken away by, you know, a flash crash in the market or by a downturn or by an extended depression or deflation. That's the new thing that's happening. Deflation. What do you have no one can take away from you? It's what God's Spirit does. And that's what he did on Pentecost. He took sin-stained, sin-darkened, empty, hopeless lives, and, and he took barren lives. I mean, people that, were, that had nothing redeemed in their lives, nothing that would last forever. Everything was going to burn up. They were barren. And he turned them into literal spiritual gardens that were just bearing the fruit. So that's, and, and you know what? As I sit across the table, I say, do you remember when your sin-stained heart got cleaned? 